Craft Beer Radio, episode 270, on November 28th, 2013. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio on this Thanksgiving day, or night, or Black Friday what it will eventually turn out to be. It's starting to be a tradition. I think we did this last year, yeah. too. And, you know, it, it fits the whole cheat day thing, and it right. works out. And plus, we do, you don't have anywhere to go tomorrow. Right. And you're partway here. Yeah. So, it all works out. So, okay. we're here tonight to drink some beer, digest some turkey, digest we, some cranberry yeah. sauce. Mm-hmm. Mashed taters. Matzo ball soup. <laughs> You're right, it was Thanksgivinga. Okay, so where do we start with? So we have a Belgian ale, which is pretty high in alcohol. These are all pretty low, actually, even the mm-hmm. IPA. Right. Uh, so let's do the Autumn Fest first. Okay. Weyerbacher from here in Pennsylvania has uh, their Autumn Fest. This is, uh, it's not quite a Martinus, more like an amber. Uh, and they say it's made with Vienna and Munich malts, and uh, it is eight or sorry five point four percent. Available in stores August through November. You'll be lucky to to pick one up probably. Well, there there probably is a case or two available here in Pennsylvania. Elsewhere, hmm, probably off the shelves. I don't know. The Christmas beers are practically sold out by now. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, let, let's see what this thing. I think it's a little cold. Let's see what this thing's at. We have All right, our, we got our infrared. Temperature gun with the laser on it. We're at 52.7. So really? That's what mine said. What you would say? 51 degrees. Huh. That's that's probably right. I mean, that's that's bam in the range, I think. So we should go about drinking this sucker. Yeah, this is, uh, it's been in the fridge for, I don't know, a few months now. We had it when we were doing all the Oktoberfest shows, mm-hmm. and we just never made it on then. So it's making it on now because the fridge is kind of bare at the moment. It's got really nice, sweet caramel notes. Mm. I really do enjoy the smell of that. A little bit like a little bit like uh, a peanut brittle, without the peanut. Okay. Okay, I get what you're saying now. It's hard. Yeah, <laughs> you're using something that is like infused in its very essence with peanut, though. So it's hard to break that out of the. It's like. A... Peanuts without the peanuts. Yeah, I mean, it, but it, it's a it's a similar kind of caramelish, mm-hmm. but with with slightly more sugar and slightly more roastiness character to it. it smells great, really. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let me look at the beer advocate for this one because they don't give a style here, but I think beer advocate gives it a slightly different style. Okay, so the first sip. I mean, really, my first impression was that it was had a taste of very toasty toast, almost burnt. I was getting almost like a burnt toast type taste on it. Yeah, Barry could calls this a amber American or red ale. So this is mm-hmm. so this is not an Oktoberfest, which is a lager. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking because I taste is like this doesn't really taste like a lager very much. To me. Yeah, it doesn't. But it has the same base malt. Yeah. Right? Yeah, second step, I noticed that 
Do you get that? Like, it's almost like burnt toast. It's something that's like really. Yeah, there's something. Mm, there, there's something that's slightly stringent, uh, pretty dark and roasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some some burnt, some burnt toast would probably work. Some burnt like uh, if you if you made a crouton or made a, uh, a crissetti or something like that. That's a little a little overdone. Mm-hmm. He still turned into a decent bruschetta, but you know. Yeah, I mean, it's probably, you know, their decision to, to do it as mm-hmm. a nail mm-hmm. so they can turn it faster and not tie up their uh, fermenters as much. And uh, and it gives, uh, you know, some of the other high, some of the stuff that comes out are a little bit fruity. Mm-hmm. More in, in, I guess, the slightly grape range of fruits and a little apple. Yeah, we don't really know what yeast they're using. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be interesting to know. I'm trying to think back if I know if Weyerbacher uses, a, you know, a house daily yeast for... You know, vast majority of their stuff, you know, because it probably makes sense they use something like that. Yeah. I'm drinking this and I'm a thinking... A lot of green apple, I think, coming out of this. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... I'm not intending to name names, but, like, when I drink this, I think of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And like really? The, well, no, I think of the, the character that the Chico yeast gives, right? Okay. And I'm just saying, does that... Is that in here? Isn't it in here? And I'm like, ah, I mean, it's very possible they could use Chico yeast. I mean, that's yeah. available on the market. So. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's also very widely used, yeah. right? So I was just kind of doing the thought of experiment. Like, am I tasting a corollary to, like, mm-hmm. you know, the yeast character of pale ale? And uh, I kind of think I do, but I'm not. Again, that's just me with wild, gross misspeculation. <laughs> As the sweetness lingers, it maybe it turns a little bit towards strawberry, but I still I still like that apple mm-hmm. pull. It gets strawberry. I get what you're saying there. But again, you know, we're, we're it, it's so hard to say because we like to laser focus on these things. Whereas yeah. when you laser focus on certain free esters that you're getting out of it, you mm-hmm. don't get the rest of the beer. Yeah, because your tongue but, is sort of actually. When, when, when you say strawberry, reminds me of some of the strawberried beers that we've had like the um the abita one right that strawberry lager they make right how the strawberries come across in a fermented beer i'm getting some of those exact same flavors yeah out of this it's interesting because if i don't think if you were really looking for it you'd get it i think you you just sort of have to tune yourself to look mm-hmm. for those fruity esters but they're there they're definitely they're pretty there. potent i think they're pretty prominent the fruity esters and the fruit like esters especially Mm. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I like the I'm not, label. Of this. Yeah, it doesn't taste burned yeah. anymore like the first sip or two did. I like the label on this. It has a scarecrow who's I don't know in the midst of uh, in the midst of a big windstorm. It looks like. Yeah, I'm not sure why he's leaning like that. He has a crow sitting on his shoulder though. Yeah, so the crow doesn't seem to care about the wind, but the. <laughs> There's stuff flying. Yeah, don't know. Alrighty. So. Now we can usher out autumn. Autumn is over. We are. Well. Are autumn, we? No, autumn is not autumn over. Autumn is not over. Well, summer is over. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like autumn is yeah. over. Yeah. 
um, IPA? The first Decent Snow. Yeah, sure. IPA. The First Decent Snow, I think, is a good sign of, okay, autumn as a as a concept is over. <laughs> right, right. Oh, gush, gush, gush. Get the thermometer out of the way. We got a gusher. That's not a good sign. Hops smell pretty good from here. What is the gusher? The gusher is from Atwater Brewery. It's their Grand Circus IPA at 4.2% alcohol by volume, 62 IBUs. That, for an IPA, an extremely sessionable IPA. I got an old sock down here. That's going to be my beer mat. Hmm. That's on the, get the Bartel in here for next yeah. show. Let's see. They don't really tell you much about the beer. But I, I think there's something plasticky on the nose. Do you smell that? Um, yeah, a little bit. The hops are also coming a through. A little band-aidy. A little band-aidy. Just barely. Our session India Pale Ale. Uh, kick back and relax. Um, Grand Circus Park. Must be a park. In the Detroit area, and that's what this is named after. And let's see, its notch is on. It's made in April. Still, it shouldn't. It's very foggy. It's got a brownish straw combination colors. Kind of an odd looking color. It's odd. Yeah, it just it, is. It, it is. It's between like all the colors you want to say. Yeah. It's not golden. It's not brown. It's not. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a goldeny, browny, ambery mix. There, definitely, there there's a, a good decent hop aroma on this, and, and usually with these session IPAs, what you get is kind of a not as heavy the body because it's low out in alcohol. But Ooh. there's a there's a decent amount of hop sort of it, it's almost like a hop juice if, if they're done right. I just coated the inside of my glass get a good aroma and band aids. Yeah, it just smells horribly spoiled. Since we had a gusher, you want to talk about gushers? Well, this is it's a different sort of gusher. It is a different sort of gusher. But there was recently a uh, but actually the chain reaction is probably much the same, right? Once this one starts, the reason it keeps going, I, you know what? It's very similar to is is the Mentos reaction also. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially a self propagating Mentos reaction. But the, the idea is you've all done this when you've been out at a bar with some friends or at a house with some friends. You have a bottle. Somebody hits your bottle on top, and all of a sudden, all the foam comes the out. Bottle explodes. Yeah, and the beer just shoots out the opening yeah and so as jeff was saying to me before when he was reading and saying you know i thought this might be the case i was wishing yeah. i was wishing that i had stopped and proposed an hypothesis hypothesis on what i thought was happening there before i read it because when i read it i'm like yeah, of course you know <laughs> that's exactly what i thought was happening but it, it's a really cool i mean if you look at the npr story on it uh this is presented actually here in pittsburgh but i think it was done in madrid the, the work on it but this was so the idea is when you press that down you create a pressure wave inside the vehicle remember that beer is a um or really any carbonated liquid basically has carbon carbonation in solution and it comes out slowly through things like nucleation sites and, and whatever what happens here is that the bubbles that are in the beer, the bubbles that are coming out, 
as you crush the beer, as you as you put some pressure on the beer, the pressure comes down, and the bubbles can't take the pressure, and they break apart. And when they break apart, they actually have a larger surface area when they break apart. And this creates much more nucleation sites. And this makes more bubbles. And as more and more bubbles come, what are you looking for? Beer. I'm bumping for you. Okay. No, no, you're as sorry, as this creates more bubbles, you create more nucleation sites. More nucleation sites. It's basically a chain reaction. It turns into this cascading calamity of cavitation that base that turns all these bubbles into a flow of foam that bursts out, and it really happens within a hundred, several hundred milliseconds. So there's nothing you can do about it. Once it's happened, it's happened. The job is done. It's like dropping a Mentos into your beer or dropping some rock salt. And it's something that has a lot of nucleation points, but it's, artif- it's created nucleation sites from breaking bubbles apart due to pressure. Really a cool a cool thing and a cool visualization. And I, I would definitely recommend the, MP, the NPR story because that was the best one that I've seen that has all the cool visualization and shows you the stuff. That's yeah, they actually show the, the one bubble collapsing down. Yeah. It, it almost looks like when you see like a zygote like reproducing where it gets more and more cells, but you know it, it's getting smaller and smaller, yeah. but into more little bubbles. And, but it has greater surface area, even though it's getting mm-hmm. smaller, so it, can start, it separates out, and that creates this cascade. It's really, really cool. Uh, but don't do it to your friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a waste of beer, especially when it's good beer. All right, that that beer was completely spoiled. I don't even think I like give you a chance to taste it. No. I went and dumped it. It, ugh, it was it was all band aids. All right, it well, was rotten. Such is the way things, some things happen. So now we're into Belgian land. You said this one's stronger. Um, let's do that then. Let's just do stronger, and then we'll go into the okay. the, the, the slightly. Um, the ones that have a little more character may have a little bit more character to them, based on well, what we hope. <laughs> I know you've had one already, right? You've had the the encourageable. I had, actually, I had some earlier today at dinner. That's a good sign. But what we're drinking now is, is the Schlafly Gold Nail, their Belgian style, seven percent alcohol by volume, twenty three IBUs. Available April through July, so this has been in our fridge for a while. It's a hopped with Hillertau. It is grained with pale Europolis and invert sugar. Uh, SRM5 OG 17.3 and a Belgian Abbey Ale yeast strain. This was uh, bottled on June 3rd, 2013. Sent to us by Eric Johnson. Thank you, Eric. He bought it in August 2013 and it came a couple months later than that. And... um, The, uh, I mean, I remember when we got into St. Louis, we went to the Shafley place at the, at the airport, and that was nice to have a few mm-hmm. Shafley beers and then introduce some drunk wino to, <laughs> <laughs> to some Shafley beers. Yeah. yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that's about all. A few labeling things. They say something about French toast on the label, but I'm not sure what that means. It's like a coat of arms, and it says French toast. Huh. Oh no, and and oh, I think this is one side. It says French toast. The other side, it says Flemish toast. So these are the French, like the French toast. Yeah. A Voltre Sante would be yeah. the French toast. And I don't know how to pronounce Belgian. Op u Genzoid. Oh, I see. Ah, uh, all right. A toast in French. Mm-hmm. A f- toast in Flemish. I see. 
I was thinking, like, oh, French yeah, toast. Yeah, French toast. Well, my initial thought was... It'll French, smell like French toast, well, or you eat it with French or you drink it with my, French Well, actually, my initial thought was oak barrels, you know, with French oak. Oh, That was, you know, toast. That was my initial thought of what it meant. And then I looked at it more. I'm like, no, that's not what they're talking about. I'd never figured out that they were telling you how to do a toast in French and in Flemish. <laughs> All right, the aroma on this one smells a lot nicer. Mm, yeah, to say the least. Slightly, slightly, kind of like rose hips or something, a little flowery. Yeah, when you coat the glass, a little you know, sweet. When you coat the glass, you get uh, you get a really big wheat flavor aroma. I mean, big wheat aroma. It's uh, wheat. Aren't you smelling the wheat? I don't think there's any wheat in here. No. Pale Europolis and invert sugar. Oh, well, golly, it smells like wheat to me. It doesn't have quite the sort of lemony bite that you know, the lemongrass mm. kind of thing that wheat sometimes gives. Well, that's what I thought. I, that's exactly what I thought I was smelling. But now I'm going back for it. Eh. I don't. I didn't smell it nearly as strong as I thought I did. The from a little bit time. of bubble gum in the aroma. Now I'm all confused. Trying to figure out what I'm smelling. I'm like, I'm confused and self-conscious. Apparently, don't get self-conscious. Remember, like right. we tell everybody else, you mm. know, it's, it's what you smell. Maybe a tiny bit of sort of a very floral orange zest. That tastes like coriander, doesn't it? Tastes like has some maybe a touch, but I was also thinking I was tasting. Hmm. Now it's gone interesting direction. A little bit, uh, a little bit of uh, lemony, kind of cidery. Well, yeah, I mean, so what I was thinking was like um, something, but something in the ballpark of. 7-Up slash ginger ale slash... Yeah. Now, there's not ginger in here, right? Right. But it reminded me of a very light effervescent ginger ale or maybe like a lemon-lime carbonated soda. You know, there was something in the the main part of the flavor that made you feel like that's where it was headed. You know? I, I think ginger is not too far off of a call. Okay. I, I think that that's... Uh, I wouldn't say it's exactly like ginger, but but I think you're, you're, you're hitting the right note. There's a slight bit of pepperiness. Mm-hmm. There's that kind of fruitiness... just check the temperature on this beer it says it's 53 where the autumn fest felt like the temperature was right Mm -hmm. this one feels too cold to me right i'm tasting it i'm like it feels closed off on my tongue so i'm gonna work some more heat into the glass here well speaking of these glasses let's let's say that we have had at least two listeners contact us and talk about how much they like these spielgott glasses that we that yeah. like to... We've been plugging them for a while now. Mm-hmm. We said we really like these things. We know it's a bit of an investment at $20 for two glasses. And, um... But, you know, people aren't complaining. Like, yeah. He's like... <laughs> the one guy's like, I almost feel bad for all the people that haven't figured yeah. this glass out yet. <laughs> Remember, I mean, we don't make much money at all, you know, even if you do go through uh, our Amazon referral on these. It's, and we're not so- sponsored by them in any way. We just love the hell out of these things. And we think that they're yeah. a great class for drinking beer and we would recommend anyone at least give them a shot. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, uh, we just think that almost almost everyone will um, appreciate what these glasses can do. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's funny. Beer just feels cold. <laughs> like on my hands, like I wrap my hands around it, and it seems like it barely made a difference. And let's see, we're up to fifty-seven now. Well, I mean, your hand should feel cold, right? You want the coldness right. from the beer to turn to go into your hands. I know, but it, it it's the same temperature as the Autumnfest beer, right? It, but like I put so much temperature into it already, and it already it feels even colder. You know, it's just really <laughs> this is the coldest tasting beer in the world. Let's see what I got here. Yeah, that's a lot better. So about fifty-seven, about sixty. So, that's about right. That's just a surface, though. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So we're up around fifty-seven, fifty-eight now. And now, when I take the sip, a lot of the chill is off the tongue. And what I do taste is I did taste some of that bubble gum that you were mentioning, mm-hmm. almost like that first bite of, um, you know, Bazooka Joe or something like that. You just get it, that that big sugary. Um, what is the flavor of bubble gum anyway? There is. It, I, I looked that up, and, and okay. it's really kind of a, a vague fruit punch type thing. Okay. Uh, there is no corresponding natural flavor to bubble mm-hmm. gum, or at least right. that that we recognize. Although it certainly comes up from yeasts and other esters, yeah, yeah. the combination of various esters. Interestingly enough, I, I'm tasting less bubble gum and a little bit more juicy fruit as it as it warms up on my palate. Okay. You know, like you said, let's straight bazooka Joe. Right. It's it's a little bit harder to pull out the the specific fruits on this one because there's the other sugar going in. That's that's mm-hmm. and there's a you know there's more alcohol and there's more body to here. So it's it's giving me it it's throwing me slightly for a loop when I'm trying to as I've t- talked mm-hmm. about before walk around the produce aisle and see where right. I stop. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. Some specific fruits, but it's just kind of a, a mix of not quite pineapple, not quite orange, not quite, um, yeah. Cantaloupe? I wouldn't have gone there. I'm not getting that. Uh, actually, maybe I would go honeydew, if anything. Now that you're making yeah. me, now that you're making me think melons. If I was mm-hmm. picking a melon, I'd pick honeydew. Yeah, no, you're you're probably more on the, more on the ball than I am with that. Probably honeydew. Carbonation on this one is uh, it's moderate. It definitely scrubs your tongue as you as you take sips on it, and that's good with the with the candy sugar, the higher gravities. Mm-hmm. You know the. That could kind of build and get sweeter and sweeter, but the carbonation is kind of scrubbing that off. So yeah, I think the, 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 the fact that it's, you know, not a triple, it's a, a little bit less, so he has a slightly crisper fi- finish and a slightly lighter body in in general with a golden ale, you would expect, as opposed to, you know, their triple, I'm sure it would be a little bit stronger and a little bit sweeter on the aftertaste. It's pretty good. I am enjoying it. It's a lot to explore. always love that. There is, you know, a, a very good mouthfeel. 
I'm sure you're getting your your money's worth, or Eric's getting his money's worth, I hope. (laughs) I think this is the last beer that he sends, so you guys won't have to hear us, you know, thank Eric anymore. Unless Eric wants to send more, or one of you wants to send more. We're we're not opposed. In fact, we celebrate it. Hmm. I'm trying to think what else I could pull. It's it's it's, it's such a blend of, of different things. It's hard mm-hmm. to really pick out anything specific, you know? Yeah, I'm just... I keep walking around that produce aisle and just... You know, okay, now it's not that, it's not that, it's not yeah. that. I mean, there's something a little peppery. Like, I'm thinking like a touch of white pepper or something like that, you know? Just uh, give it a little spiciness, you know, some of the phenols, you know, that are coming out of there. It's pretty good. In a very indeterminate, vague sort of way. It's a very tasty beer, but it's a little bit hard it to... refuses to be pinned down. It's, it's a little bit hard for us to, to, to do our, our big focus, because it's got a lot going on. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, before we go on, we'd like to speak about how you can support us. Yeah, we, uh, well, it's the holiday shopping season. Yes, it we is. We should play different music for the holiday shopping season. Uh, I don't know if I have a Black yeah. Friday, you know, like, <laughs> well, some sort of metal or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's beginning to look a lot like... Oh, yeah. God. This, this is the last thing everyone wants to hear. <laughs> I know. More of that. Anyway, when you're shopping... Via Amazon. Don't go to Amazon.com. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And you can even do it on your mobile now. Yeah. And uh, there's mobile referrals. I don't think it links right up into the app, which is unfortunate. But I, I saw a big thing about how you can do it on your mobile now. So, And also, there, there's a bounty. For anyone who signs up for a free trial of Amazon Prime through our referral link, we get two bucks. Just wow. sign up for the trial and we get two bucks. It's oh. a, a bounty so that, that's what Amazon's promoting so there's another thing but um, anything you buy at Amazon we get a percentage of your total spend doesn't cost you anything more and you're giving money to us instead of Jeff Bezos and really yeah, that's that's, that's good for everyone even Jeff even Jeff because he makes more people buy stuff <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah. And we got a referral from our Bluehost.com referral. Yes, Someone we set did. up a Berlin craft beer or something like that. We'll put a link up on the, in the show notes about you can check out this uh, new Berlin uh, craft Fantastic. beer site. Fantastic. And you, on our website, there's a link to Bluehost. Uh, there's a little banner there. If you go there and then sign up for a Bluehost hosting account, we get like 65 bucks. Something good from that. So. All right, enough of that. Now that rigmarole, let's go on to... Hmm. This one's me. pretty low in alcohol. Well, it's, it's not the alcohol pretty, that I'm It's also about. pretty tart, it's, so... Yeah, it's the flavors. Mm-hmm. So, the, the the Spiteful, which is what we're having now, is also pretty low in alcohol. Well, no, it's not. No, it's not. I, I was incorrect. This is a... Unfortunately, there's no information about it on their website. Helltown Brewing is local to us. They're in... Um, dang it. <laughs> Someone was asking me this last night, and I couldn't remember. Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. I'm like Johnstown. No, it's yeah. <laughs> but this is their saison, their spiteful saison at six point two five percent alcohol by volume. It's a seven hundred and fifty milliliter caged and corked bottle, 
And when I saw it on the shelf of John Neal, I was hum. Like, I didn't realize that Helltown was bottling. Maybe it's sort of like East End, the only sort of bottle special. Yeah. But they got a corking system, at least. I hear that pop. Here it comes. Ooh. That is a good one. That's a big cork. And that was a lot of... uh... I felt that. All right, here we go. Spiteful Saison. These guys are mostly known for their IPAs. They make like three flagship year-round IPAs. That is the sound of the big head that's on this sucker. In stereo. In stereo. So, wow, look at that head. That is a frothy, <laughs> that is a shaving cream the beer head. Is sucker. super duper clear. Look yeah, at that. look at that. That is that is yellow strawish. The beer is almost certainly bottle conditioned, you would think. Well, here it says, unfiltered, unpasteurized, pour gently. Well, maybe you pour it very gently. And it's bottle conditioned. This beer looks like... It, 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 it couldn't be more clear. It's a beautiful golden color. Light gold. That's Where's my freckle? Where's my freckle? Ridiculous. Ridiculous how clear that is. Oh, yeah. It's a freckle beer, all right. Through smells the, like a nice funk is is there, but it's it's hard to smell the rest of the through aroma. the um through the giant head. You know, it really mutes some of the aromas up front. But one of the things I smelled when I first sniff was something kind of like uh, pizza dough or something like that. Like you know, like raw dough. I got a really doughy smell from the first know. sniff. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that I would agree. I think the first thing I, I smell is is very bready, very not bready but bretty, very mm-hmm. leathery. Yeah, it wasn't the smell of that. Hmm. Still waiting for the head to die down. There's obviously less going on now, you can hear. But a few pops. Okay, my head's down to about a quarter inch. Shouldn't be blocking too much aroma now. Temperature check. Is fifty-five. Probably a little cold. I'm not smelling Britannomyces. It's less now. Less okay. now that the head is has diminished. But I think some of the some of the green is poking through. Okay. And what does that smell like? Well, it smells a little bit like an autumn, an autumn day. There is a there's a wistful cabin somewhere in the distance <laughs> with a fire burning, and you can smell slight licks of the fire, as well as the grain, or as well as the the leaves on the ground, and maybe there's a farm close by that has some grain that's left over. <laughs> Picture, sure. if you will, a sure. cerulean blue sky. I'm not sure I'm following your illustration here. <laughs> Man, my nose is off tonight. I'm not really drawing anything on any of these beers, am I? 
Well, that's that's why we trade off sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I'm really trying. If, if I go straight basic, you know, there's a slight lemon, lemonish. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm getting a mixed meat between, you know. Is it a slight amount of smokiness? Yeah, I think there's some, probably some wheat in this. I don't know. It's super clear. There's no wheat in this. It's, um, I keep, I'm, I'm on a wheat hook today or something, you know. <laughs> there's no way, if this is unfiltered and this clear, there's no way it can be wheat. Um, I, saw maybe I a mean, Pilsner. it could have settled. Maybe a Pilsner malt. I'm going to go into the flavor because I'm, I'm, I'm worthless on the aroma front. Well, how does one explain this one? Okay, it does evolve. That's good. Mm-hmm. It, it's evolving. It starts out, first sip, it was like very reminiscent of an apple, like a hard apple cider or something like that. You know, it kind of had some of the hmm. toasty apple type flavors I was getting. If anything, weirdly enough, the, the the fruit that immediately came to mind was lime. Lime. Lime on a corn chip. Hmm. You know, like those tortilla chips that have yeah. the lime. Well, I mean, no, actually, we squirted <laughs> some you know, fresh lime on it. I mean, right. Because who would do that? <laughs> who would make those, buy those horrible chips? Not me. So what? What, what, what? Okay. You have that initial kind of burst of something. Lime, apple, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's something fruity, something estery. Builds in a, a little of that coil rope. Right, a little dustiness. Uh, and slowly that that bright fruit really fades away into a deeper kind of slightly more dank slightly dirtier and uh and grainy kind of cold soup almost that that then finishes pretty dry yeah i i'm I'm tossing around the apple cider still. So, especially some of the aftertaste reminds me of, you know, I've had a fair amount of cider lately. I picked up a couple of bottles of stuff down at Arsenal Cider House and had some ciders from Rebellion uh, up at Shoebrew and whatnot. And it's that time of season for cider. I just I kind of found myself on a cider kick. And there's just something in like probably the late, mid to late taste, early aftertaste, which just really reminds me of of a cider. And then, you know, this last sip I took, there was almost a bit of a honey note to it as well. I'm not going to disagree with you, but I will say that your palate is probably drifting along those lines mm-hmm. considerably more than mine is because of the ciders, right? Yeah. So, so I'm not getting those same notes mm-hmm. that you that you are, are getting. If anything, my this is a very subtle beer. It's definitely not exploding with yeah. you know big potent farmhouse flavors or anything like that. I wonder. Like I just took a quick sip and a quick swallow, and really it was remarkably clean. Right? If you don't Hold it for a while. It's definitely bottle fermented. I wonder if we give it a little bit 
Oh, you want to give it some funk? Yeah. Some some true some okay. Can you give this a little bit of a swirl it, inside of the I'm not trying to shake, I'm trying to do a swirl. Oh, you're, you're, you are you're, let's see, let's do this. We're going to uh redose. Let's see if there's any cloudier. See if I need to mix a little bit more. Yeah, that one's not crystal clear anymore. Let's see if this has a little more character to it. Good thinking. Alright, there we go. That looks uh, definitely more along the lines of what I would expect. Although it's still not quite sort of... I mean, you, you sort of expect a little bit of a smooth dirtiness, and this is a little uh, chunky. Well, you just mixed up all the yeast stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so it's slightly in suspension, but let's see if that adds a little bit more character. The aroma is a little more um, dank, like you yeah. said, you know, kind of like a um, some wet straw. Yeah. In, you know, in a, like wet barn, something like that. Be wet shingles. I just did a bunch of shingling. A little barky. <laughs> okay. Shingles smell like asphalt, so. <laughs> okay. No, not, maybe I'm thinking, I'm thinking about a barn. You know, right, about... right, right. A wooden, you know, an old style wooden old barn. barn with like yeah. cedar slabs or something. Yeah. Well, it's muddling up the taste a little bit more. It's it's presenting, huh? Presenting a little bit more kind of a candy orange note. Mm-hmm. Um. Like I'm thinking that those orange wedges are covered with sugar, right? But you take a lot of sugar off of it, and you just get this gelatin orange that is kind of similar, right. a little spicier too, a little, a little phenolic in the back end there. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out exactly, or you know, uh, roughly, how to describe that better. But there's something spicy. Hmm. Hmm actually gotten a little bit harder to to describe <laughs> as the yeast has given it a little bit more just cloudiness it's just mm-hmm. making it it's made everything cloudy including our ability to taste the flavors maybe it's all the uh thanksgiving feast that screwed up our <laughs> palates tonight yeah let's be honest our stomachs are full and uh you know, we can feel it. But I had a coffee before coming here, so I wouldn't fall asleep. <laughs> because I knew that if I let myself, I probably would. Not anymore, no. Wide awake. <laughs> Wide awake. Yeah, I'm not sure what else to add on this one. It's, uh... It's not bad. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the beer. It's not bad. It's just kind of subtle and, you know, it's... Hard to find things to talk about. It's, it's a more subtle, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's a de- it's a definitely decent drinker. I think that if you were introducing your friends to saison and you didn't really want them to, you thought that maybe they wouldn't appreciate a funky beer right away, like a real funk thing. Yeah, but you guys this might help. be it. But but this is it, it's still kind of kind of bland for that too. So I don't know. Yeah, because hennepin's not funky, yeah. and it has a ton of flavors to it. So yeah. really, that's the way anyone would go in the scenario you just proposed. Excuse me. It's not 
Yeah, it's not a particularly, you know, out there Saison. And Saison uh, is one of my one of my real favorite styles, mm-hmm. one of my, you know, real stellar styles of beer. So this is this is not really sticking out too well, which is uh, too bad because you like to support the hometown guys, but this one is not, this one needs work. Maybe next year. Wanted to mention that we were told by tonight's beer is that uh, last time when we thought we had Matilda Lambicus, it was most likely just Matilda because apparently Lambicus is only on tap. Yeah, that makes more sense because Lambicus would be Lambic, right? It wouldn't just be. You know, a little funky like we had. So now I'm curious. And I did some research, and yeah, there doesn't seem to be a third type of Matilda out there. <clears throat> I'm curious why this bottle was so much more complex than... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hardly a Matilda expert. I don't drink it on a weekly basis or anything. But from the times we've had it, and I've had Matilda six, seven, maybe eight times. That you was know. definitely the best bottle. This had. was the best bottle, most complex bottle, so... Yeah, it was a hell of a bottle of, of regular old Matilda, apparently. All right, so now we're with Encourageable White Sour Ale from New Holland Brewing Company. And I believe this beer won a medal at the GABF this year. I'm trying to remember if it was one their gold or if it was not... 2.8 IBUs, so not a lot of hops in this sucker. No. Not a lot of alcohol either. Do you have the ABV on it? Under 4%, they say. Yeah. yeah 11.5 degrees Play-Doh. Somewhere here, I think it mentions a uh, session sour or something like that. So it's a wild yeast and bacteria run free in our sour aging cellar, the house of funk. This delicate yet complex wheat beer. So I'll be able to actually say I taste the wheat in this one. I can't wait. Yeah, well, 50-50 wheat to pale on the grains. Hops are Willamette. Added to mash, no hops and boil. And uh, they use a coal sheast. Interesting. Huh. That's in there. If you if you go to the site that's on our webpage, you go to the spec sheet, and that has the information for you. Neat. Yeah, I picked up, was it three bottles of this? <laughs> because I was at Giant Eagle and for a bomber. Now, in Pennsylvania, this is a great price. I don't know if everyone's going to feel the same way when I say, you know, three bombers of awesome sour beer for six fifty a piece. <laughs> That's bu- a good price in Pennsylvania. I bought every one they had. I'm like, this has to be priced wrong. But, um... One of the guys following me on Twitter went to another Giant Eagle and, and bought all their Encourageable yeah. at the same price. So it's a hell of a price point for a sour beer. You know, it's you could almost make it uh, a regular feature, you know, in your fridge at that point where, you know, oftentimes sour beers are more of a, a luxury. They're getting more and more popular. So, you know, I think you're going, I mean, especially look at all the uh, Berliner devices we saw at the GABF. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least just doing a plain yeah. old sour mash. Yeah. Is 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 relatively easy to do under most breweries, but the price point—if the beer is priced right—that that, that's a an amazing price point for twenty-two ounces of sour beer. So, 
Maybe Excuse because me, it's my, the back of my throat is a little scratchy today. Maybe me. because of the the low gravity that helps keep the cost up. Yeah, yeah, you know, because people definitely. I, I think at least in in Pittsburgh area, they they buy up to the alcohol price, right? I, I don't know whether that's necessarily all mm. all the time, but higher alcohol beers tend to be higher in price. Well, there's. I mean, I'm just saying, keep the price going down because of the material that goes into making. There's a yep. lot of material that goes into that just from the manufacturing standpoint. Well, you don't use as much barley. If, no, but I'm saying like, you know, to bottle it, to the label, and all the other stuff. I meant foodstuff material, first off. But I know what you meant. Okay, all right. I'm just, I'm bringing another, but, another but, side. But I'm just, but it's, it's, it's barrel-aged, it's cellared. Yeah. There's a lot of time cost a lot of in, in doing yeah. sour beers, and that's generally why the cost's higher. Maybe they're able to offset some of that cost by doing lower alcohol beers is kind of what I was trying to say. Okay. I get what you're saying now. Now, what is that? What is that? What is that? That is... There's definitely some cheese, right? There's like a blue cheese-esque. Along with, you know, pretty pretty strong, acidic, uh, almost... (coughs) Excuse me. Almost sour wine notes. You know, not quite the vinegar, but but there's something mm-hmm. acetic there. Yeah, I mean, there's a touch of vinegar. Yeah, it's almost. See, I, I'm not feeling blue cheese. I'm thinking it's some kind of washed rind. You know, it's something with a little more, <coughs> you know, bacterial load on it. Um, I wouldn't go all the way to Limburger, right? It's not. Well, that, I'm not saying Limburger. Yeah, but no, but it's it's definitely a. Wa- I'm getting not uh, not uh, a the vein first thing I smelled was was was. Was cheesy in the blue cheese variety, mm. maybe more Roquefort than anything else. But now it's, now it's changing. Now it's. Oh, it smells so good. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of interesting. But there's stuff. some fruity things that peek out every once in a while. Like I just pulled out, you know. Uh, let's see, what was that? I thought kiwi was the first thing I smelled, but now oh, it's kiwi's it's, a it's good off one. in a way different direction. Uh, I got a little bit of green grape. I got a little bit of strawberry. I want to say I didn't get so much strawberry, but then in kiwi's kind of a cross between a lemon and a strawberry, so maybe I did. Oh wow! I just got this huge vanilla flavor. Like at first, I was expecting it to be a lot more. I had it for dinner, and it was very acidic. The other bottle, vanilla. That's a good pull. Uh, well, wait till you taste it. You're going to get a blast of vanilla. This bottle's not as acidic as the one I had at dinner. Man, that is that is interesting, isn't it? A little creamy? Yeah, you get this creamy vanilla. And wait for the later aftertaste. You get a little bit of caramel or something like that. Maybe uh whole like um You know what it you know what it tastes like more like? Baker's or like whole cream or, or what's that called? Uh, um like whipping cream. It actually tastes cream. more like a uh a sort of cooked barley. To me. Less caramel because it doesn't have quite the mm-hmm. sweetness. Right. Yeah, this bottle. Well, I mean, this bottle is definitely different than the last bottle I had a few hours ago. But That's a it, good thing. It, it, it's, yeah, I mean, they're both good in their own way. Yeah. The, the last one was... Um, it, it it might have been bordering on almost too acidic. Um, it was it was quite a pucker, you know. Mm-hmm. This one's not quite a pucker, but this one's giving you a whole bunch of different complexity going on. 
every once in a while on the aroma, I get something stinky, like uh, yeah, like said rind or. But no, like like stinky, stinky. Like oh, really? Every once in a while, I just get a little whiff of something stinky, stinky. Not enough to figure out what that is, though. Hmm. Okay, here's a here's an interesting pull. Uh, sweet peppers. Okay, yeah. Hmm. Maybe even okay. Here's here's another one. A little interesting. Chestnut. I can't disagree. I mean, there, there's well, the chestnut goes with that whole vanilla yeah. path that I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier, where I kind of said, or I kind of said caramel, but actually take back caramel and throw in a little bit of some kind of nut butter, right? Yeah, like um, maybe a touch of hazelnut, maybe some chestnut, something like that. So take vanilla into something along those lines, and that's that. That's that path of of logic yeah. and reasoning. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Your sip's like, mmm, that's a fun little experience. This is the Encourageable from New Holland. Part of their cellar series. Mm. Their suggested food pairings. Charcuterie, duck, bright salads, and fruit. Boy, I don't know if I'd agree with any of those. Maybe duck. But then again, duck kind of goes with anything. <laughs> yeah. Bright salads only because of the sourness. Fruit. I don't know. I really would probably want something darker to go with fruit. And charcuterie. Yeah, I can't really. Well, something like if you get some of the, um, you know, like pâtés or something like that. With sausage a little... plate. Maybe has a lot of fat. Yeah. Something, this, this I was thinking it's a little bit fattier. fattier or yeah. Like, you know, maybe like. Uh, like I'm thinking of some of those. You know, meat spreads that have you know a fair amount of fat in them. And... But okay, so those are like you know this is sort of a charcuterie plate. But I'm thinking like going when we went to uh, Fetisau in Brooklyn and we got a barbecue plate. Right. This would not have gone well with it. Yeah. But man, a Belgian double would have been amazing. With that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since we only were able to do four, do you want to bra- grab another one? Or... Um, I think we're good. Okay. I mean, unless you want to pull out another one, but hey, we're kind of, I'm kind of full. I'm not right, really if you're full. I mean, desiring yeah. another yeah. beer. Um. Okay, so we got four beers and then the one disqualified spoiled beer. I think I'm going to put... Hmm. It's a little bit tough down the bottom. I'm trying to figure Jeff out. Thinking, I'm trying to figure out how the Autumn Fest compares to the um, Helltown. Hmm. Right? Because I mean, the different styles. I'm trying to figure out which one I enjoyed better. And I don't want to just pick the, the Helltown because it's Belgian, right? I'm trying to figure out if that's an odd, you know, because it's a big bottle with a fancy cork in it. You know, I want to make sure that's right. not the yeah. reason I'm, I'm picking it over top of the the Weyerbacher. So I'm going to talk through it a little bit here. The Weyerbacher, first couple of sips were kind of like that burnt toast. And then we were getting all those those fruit flavors. And I was kind of 
because I could smell the German malts, I kind of was hoping that I would get a little bit more of a fest beer out of it, you know, something a little bit cleaner. Um, but it was a good drinker overall. And then the Helltown was very, very slight. It was hard to pull much flavor out of it. We sorted up the yeast and put a little more flavor into it, but that got muddy, even though it had slightly more flavor. I think I'm going to have to put the Helltown behind the Weyerbacher. It just seems like probably the craftsmanship and just the overall um, flavors delivered were probably a little bit better in the Weyerbacher. And then I'm going to put the, the Schlafly's Golden Ale in second place. Um, it was really good, but it wasn't it wasn't the incorrigible. This incorrigible just puts a smile on your face. You know, it's yeah. I mean it it's not winning only because it's a sour beer. It's winning because it just is a pretty complex and interesting and fascinating beer. Um, Slafly was a great drinker as well, but uh, yeah, the Incurgible is just a little too curious to, to pass up. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I completely agree with your rankings. The only difference I would say is that I, I think Helltown is a pretty easy deserved last place. When compared to the Weyerbacher, which I thought was actually really nice. It had some really good fruity notes. There's apples and stuff like that that, that came mm-hmm. through uh, that were uh, really, really pretty pretty delicious, but it unfortunately didn't hold up to the Belgian and the sour. Mm-hmm. The Belgian was, you know, kind of a, a little bit, a little, a little maybe straightforward, but it was really well done. That says a lot. Mm-hmm. And, it just, it, and the, the New Holland was, yeah, I mean, you always like to have a beard that, that challenges you and that really plays with you plays a game has some fun with you so no I agree was it challenging because that one was the easy one to talk about these other beers were challenging to talk well about. i mean challenging on, on your <laughs> okay well i mean so not not challenging to talk about <laughs> right but, but but challenging on on your palate to kind of and it pre- presents presents a maze for your palate mm-hmm. to kind of you know, to walk it through. gave you a lot to pick from and talk yeah, about yeah. and that, that actually made the experience quite enjoyable all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Craft Beer Radio. Uh, episode 270, so we're three, we're three quarters of the way there. Uh, 270 degrees, get it? So um, we'll uh, keep... Uh, there I got lost track of... <laughs> lost my train of thought. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license, except for when we have copyrighted material playing in the sound beds because we're lazy. Um, so don't use that as Creative Commons. Get that cleared through the appropriate copyright holder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com, and on Twitter, at Jeff Bear is my handle. At CBR Greg. And we do have Facebook and Google+, Plus, but like we've been saying recent weeks, we really don't pay much <coughs> attention to those. Make a lot of noise, and hopefully we'll see you if you really want to communicate mm-hmm. with us on those platforms. Twitter is the best way to contact us, by far. And email if you're not on the Twitter. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye.